Our dynasty on the morning bliss. Well, on our dynasty, we are looking at polygamy from the Zulu uh, traditional um, practice, the history and the purpose of Istanbul, that is polygamy. And we are joined by uh, Paul Nzimande, author, life coach and mental wellness advocate. Uh, Good morning, Nikola. How are you doing? Good morning to the A-teamers. Blessed morning. Blessed morning. So, can you tell us what the history of polygamy in the Zulu culture is? Why was polygamy practiced? All right. Mm, Perhaps if you would allow me to establish my credentials on the subject because um, these kinds of things can be very controversial and ultimately the question is going to be what authority do you have to speak on the subject? And I had the privilege many years ago, I think about around 2001 specifically, to spend time there for a good six, seven years, eight to be precise. I used to work with the late Ingos Melis Vetlamin we were business partners um, in a business called Insigaisiswe. It's, 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 it's a business that is now defunct. But we used to offer funeral benefits to recipients of state pension grants, which meant that, one, I crisscrossed the whole of KZN, speaking to Amakosi and pension committees, etc., addressing those kinds of... But also I spent a lot of time as his business advisor, which meant that I spent a lot of time in the tribal council, and I had the privilege to sit with Abandabadala on Dunu Babum Pasopitele, on Dunu Makae of Entanguin, on Dunu Babum Nube, and I spent, I was allowed in tribal council, I spent time there, and the old men used to advise me, and they used to take time uh, teaching me about different subjects. You know, old people are very, they volunteer these kinds of things. For example, I, I, I always remember, oh, in Dunubabum Pasopitel, you know, he said to me, I'm prepared. And for now, I'm full cool After that, he's about to give me words of advice and pearls of wisdom. But also with that, we interacted with other people like the Nazareth Baptist Church, who was one of the leading uh, reverends there. And he was also a very uh, instructive, he's also late. Uh, but I just wanted to establish that set of credentials apart from where I grew up. Now, having said that, uh, some of these issues were discussed at length to point out some of the errors in modern practice, where the practice comes from. Now, where does it come from? Um, we cannot see it outside of an agrarian uh, society. Uh, where the lands would be sparsely populated, where each families, each family operated as an economic unit, and therefore the number of hands in the family determined, number one, economic muscle, but it also determined just practically um, how much you could get done around the homestead. But thirdly, it determined what level of protection and therefore, number four, what level of aggression 
you could exercise and five that tended to determine your stature in society. What do I mean by this? I mean, if you had more hands, you had more hands to till the fields, therefore you could have bigger fields to, 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 to plow and therefore you could harvest more food. If you had more hands, you had more hands to milk the cows, you had more hands to look after head the cattle and, and, and. Um, and if you had male hands, um, that meant you had more hands for war. And if you had more hands for war, you could better protect your family, but also you are in a better position to become the aggressor and plunder other clans and tribes or whatever it is that you want. But also you've got better hands to go out there and go hunting and, 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 and catch, um, animals and, and, and. So the primary reason would have been a, the number of hands that you needed because of the reasons that I've outlined about you, you'd have needed that. Um, so now, but okay. it also go, yeah. hmm? go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, this is, so I, I want to propose there is, there are other secondary benefits, but the primary one would have been the number of hands that you need to build a homestead because the size of homestead talks to, um, the, 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 you know, the bigger the family, therefore, the better it is because in a generation or two, you would find that you, you are building a bigger clan. And the bigger the clan, the more successful it becomes. Now, you speak of one homestead, many hands, agrarian society. There's polygamy happening now in the Zulu culture. And you see wife number one living that side in another house, another town, wife number two somewhere else, you know, they're not in one area, they're not farming. Are we still practicing polygamy the way it was intended to be practiced in the Zulu culture? My my straightforward answer is that for the most part, no. At least definitely not the way we see it on TV. Um, I'll tell you why I say that. One of the ways that his temple would be initiated, and there are, there, I'll speak to the economics of his temple, but also I'll speak to the approach. For example, one of the ways um, that it could be initiated is that it, it could be initiated by Umam Dana, the first wife, and she would have a conversation, a polite conversation with Baba Walaikai to say, uh, Baba, I'm, I'm now looking at my age, looking at the number of children we now have, looking at the amount of work we have that is around the homestead. I don't have enough hands now. I'm tied up. I've got too much work to do. I need help, number one. That is her basis. She needs help. Um, but number two, I have um, also looked at my own age. I'm no longer as agile as I used to be, I need help. But number three, I have spotted someone I have spotted someone who might believe would fit into the culture of this home, um who would be able to give us the kind of respect we need, but also who would be able to add to the kind of value we're looking for. And that is why Pena Isisulusazangagumdokutele because Ukutala had to do with how much value you add, therefore, to the homestead, how much value you add as an economic unit, how much value you add just practically to, to, to the things that needed to be done. Because you are imagining here, you're not imagining a nuclear family that hires a maid, 
but you're imagining a, a family where it's the hands of the family that get the work of the family done. So, so in that sense, the, so that's number one, how that would be initiated. That would be one of the ways that it would be initiated. Another way that it would be initiated is there is something called Ugusi Ngomo. Ugusi Ngomo is when a family would sit and say, look, given our economic position, we are not doing well. And because we are not doing well and we do have a young maiden whom we could marry off to a relatively wealthy, a relatively well-off family, we are going to initiate a, a marriage proposal. And so she would then be taken, but it would be a decent, well-organized thing, where she would then be taken to the family of the would-be husband, and she would go in there and... Um, in, 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 and I use this word very loosely, uninvited, she would go there and initiate the idea of her being married into that family. And that one is called Wutlingom. And then the would-be husband would then, um, if they approve of that, they would then issue out the cattle. And, and that's how the other family would then receive cattle to be able to initiate themselves. But remember, this is a society which looked upon that uh, practice not with frowning eyes, but it's a, it's a, it's a, they were very, they were very keen on supporting one another. That is why you have cultural practices such as, for example, uksisela. Uksisela is where if 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 I have cattle, and one of us in the clan does not have cattle, then I can take a certain number of cattle and I take those cattle and I give that to that person to look after for me. The cattle belong to me, but that person can keep them in his crawl. He can herd them and whatever comes out of that, whatever he's able to breed out of my cattle, he can keep as his. After a while, he can return my cattle, but whatever offspring have come out of that he can keep. So Uxisela is a way of lending that person my cattle for them to head so that they can begin to have a mercy for their own children but also they can keep a little bit and and begin to work. So it's a it's a society that was very keen on helping one another. It had a lot of cultural practices around supporting one another to be able to sustain economically. So when all we could provide, for example, is an extra pair of helping hands. We are then saying, here is our pair of very able helping hands, an amazing child. We've raised them well. We are offering them as a contribution to your family. In turn, uh, you would pay us Lobola in gratitude, and we would go ahead. Remember, they are offering a, a, a an amazing jewel. Uh, because each person that was being offered in marriage would be considered an amazing jewel. It is not a person, it's not a matter of just throwing away a person. Now, in, in the third element that I want to just point out is that each wife would then have her own crawl, so to speak. So it wouldn't be a question of a family where we don't know what the bank account of the uh, of the man of the house is and it's between him and his many loans and no, no, no. It, it would be an environment where the economic standing would be very transparent. If you've got cattle, you've got cattle. 
here's the crawl we can all see. If you've got 40 cattle, you've got 40 cattle. It's not a matter of, I've got cattle, it's in the bank, you can't see, but I've got a gold card, which is all on lending and credit. No, it would be clear for everyone to see, number one. Number two, is, is buyer, cigar, cigar, mangosi, for example. Is buyer, cigar, mangosi. Umangfunugyo tata, umangjinji. I have to begin a new crawl for Rumanjinj. I'm not taking from the crawl of Mangos, which means my decision to take another wife economically does not affect the first wife. She's not economically impacted. It's not a question that I'm bringing a second wife into my debt-ridden status. No. Okay. No. Now, when it comes to choosing the wife, who is supposed to choose? Is it you, Mr. Nzamanda? Because you the man, you wear the trousers? Or is there a particular process to be followed as per the ancient Zulu customs? So the first one, the first approach, uh, as I indicated, would be the one where the first wife would choose. But even if she does not choose, she still has the right of approval. Um, so, so, so it doesn't happen. In other words, so, 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 if, allow me to paint a broader context so that for this answer. You see, a, a woman's approval in Zulu culture is the main, main consideration for your manhood. Believe it or not, believe this contradiction. Sure. Firstly, it, yeah, believe, believe this contradiction. It's not a chauvinistic culture by no means. By no means. Remember, one of the most important people in the homestead is Babigaz, my, 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 my father's um, sister. Remember, the most important person here in the nuclear family is my sister. Hence, when a man, when a Zulu man says, when he says, my sister, and that's why because when they swear, they swear by their eldest sister. And when a man swears by his eldest sister, come rain or shine, it means I am going to do this. If I say, it means, it means better, 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 think carefully. This is the most important person I've sworn by. I haven't even sworn by my father. I haven't sworn by any, I've sworn by my sister. <laughs> so, so, so I, let me go back to, to my trail of thought. I'm saying, so for example, if you're a man, you, you, you belong in, in Ledetuigaba. There are categories of men. And, and married men would sit by themselves, uh, and eat meat together, share their own stories. You are not allowed, traditionally speaking now, not this thing that we do see these days. You're not allowed into a group of married men until you yourself are married. You cannot eat meat. Uh, as in the crawl with married men, which means, if you interpret it carefully, it means until a young maiden says you are worthy to my husband, we married men cannot accept you into our fold, which means we are waiting for a young woman somewhere to say she has conducted her own tests and she has satisfied herself that you are worthy to be her husband, that we trust her discretion, that we are able to then welcome you into our own fold. You see, you see the implications. And these implications are very uh, serious, aren't they? Um, we've got a voice note. They're very serious because uh, people are doing willy-nilly these days and it seems like polygamy no. is just equating to money. Let's go to a voice note from an 18er. No. 
but Paul, I think East Timbunje should just be ended because now it's more like a licensed Ujola, uh, basically. We see on TV, um, where I think it's Obomnagwe too. It's like now this girl who's been dating Ubaba uh, Sekaya for cheating with her actually for years and and have a child and now it's been introduced as umangane i feel like it's just a license to to have multiple women not because you can you want to one this is ikaya it's just a license to join with many people and i feel like that it should be added actually because it's not really done um uh in a way that is the way it was meant to be Hey, A-team, license to Jola, yeah. license to just have your thing and enjoy life. It's true. So, so if, it's it, true. if it continues this way, clearly we're continuing the wrong trajectory to what the Zulu custom or culture was around polygamy. No, there are spaces in Msinga, there are areas in Msinga where people still practice this that I'm going to speak about. First of all, in proper Zulu culture, you are not supposed to be sleeping with a person that you are not married to. First of all, that is why the ritual around courtship would be very strict. Um, firstly, if, if, if she is now decided to say yes, she doesn't say yes to you, she goes to Ikeiza, um, who, 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 who and the Ikeiza would then say, okay, she is now going to say yes to you, but there is a ritual. Le uh, ritual, it's called a uvumoguche jengeishabatizolwani, and then the whole uh, so 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 her crew and his crew they meet together somewhere, and there's a celebration to say she has decided to say yes. It's not a license to have sex. It's 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 now a thing to say. Okay, these are now formally in courtship, in a relationship with a on a process towards getting married, and the families would then meet and 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 and, and, and until they have initiated lobola practices, they are not a, 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 they are not a couple. It's only at a certain stage of the process that they are now able to be intimate. So in Zulu culture. Proper, 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 I'm talking about it in its proper definition. You don't go around sleeping around with other people's children uh, without any intention of marrying them, without any, any, any commitment to, 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 to having them as your wife. No. So this thing of you just bring a lady who's impregnated somewhere, first of all, how did you sleep with her in the first place? I'm talking about in its purest form now. So we must agree that we are at a stage where it is really very adulterated. And mine was really just to bring a perspective on its purest form. And the nice thing about it is that this is not theory. I'm saying here in Umsig, you still find people who do that, who practice that culture in its purest form. Oh, thank you so very much, Paul. <laughs> At least now we understand where we were with regards to polygamy, where we are now, and what is required for the future. We really appreciate your time. Can you just? Yeah? Um, yes, can I? I, I was going to ask where kind of yeah. details, but go ahead. Yeah, I'm just. I'm just. One of the cornerstones. Of Zulu culture in its in its in its purest form is sexual purity. Sexual purity. It's it's not a licentious culture, not at all. 
sexual purity. So every time you say you see sexual liberality, you must know it's no longer the culture in its purest form. It's just something else adulterated. That's why people would say, uh, anyway, let me leave that. <laughs> my, my contact, I'm on Facebook, it's Paul Zimande Coach. Um, uh, Instagram, Paul underscore Zimande. Um, X Twitter, uh, at Paul Z. I do have a private email address. It's paulnzimande at gmail.com. Good morning. A blessed morning to you too, Mr. Nzimande. Have a beautiful weekend and keep on smiling and brightening up our lives.